everyone. I'm Ari here with Rachel and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer podcast. This week we're on episode 191 and we're asking how can you avoid info dumping? Before we dive into this topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening if you haven't already. And as usual, if you enjoy the show, please do share it with friends and feel free to write a review. Okay, I'm going to start how I always do. What is info dumping? It is the telling of show don't tell. It is the excessive telling. Usually it sets a scene and the writer just borths all this information to the reader. And then readers have to kind of slog through it. And if they're anything like me, you just kind of skip ahead to the good stuff. And I know it's bad, but if you are having to get through like 18 paragraphs of of info dump, you just go, no, not doing that. And you skip ahead. So how do you avoid that? Because let's be honest, we've all done it at some point in our life, especially if you're new to writing, because it's just what we do. And I'm going to start off way out in left field and say just info dump. It sounds a little counterintuitive to the question, but just do it anyway. You might be reeling from that going, what are you talking about? This is about avoiding it. But let's think about it. When you're drafting the novel, only you are seeing it, hopefully, unless you're sharing everything with everybody. And you're just trying to get the stuff on the page. So just info dump to your heart's content. Get the words out. Hit your stride. And especially if you're sliding into that sweet flow and everything's just coming perfectly, just info dump. Don't worry about it. It's not a problem. Because you can get away with a lot of things while drafting, like dropping Describe Palace in capital letters and then gleefully rushing ahead to write the next scene, which is usually something awesome, like a fight scene between the king's knights and some flower-wielding moss people. Whatever floats your boat, really. So don't try and get caught up dealing with info dumping or exposition or anything like that when you are doing the first draft. It's like research. If you can research everything before you start, then you're probably a wizard because that's just not normal. However, most people will, as they're writing, will start to realise things they need to research and they might put little notes in throughout the story. And then when the, the first draft is finished, they will research. Or maybe every time they take a break, you know, like say they write for a day, Maybe they'll do some research the next day on something. Very few people stop in the middle of, you know, whatever scene they're writing and go and research. That's the same thing with info dumping. If you start writing and then you hit an info dump as you're writing it, stopping in the middle of it to fix it, it's not that great. So my first piece of advice is just write the damn thing, get it down, dump away. That sounds bad. (laughs) Info dump away and deal with it later. Simple as that. Absolutely. Everything that Ari just said is true. Info dumping is very similar to research. It's something that you can do before you write, but it's also something that you should mainly do during the editing process because then you have a better idea of what you need to research and and what exact information you need to tell the readers. So I know it sounds backwards, but honestly, that's kind of the whole shtick of this podcast. We tell you not to do something and then we basically tell you to do it anyway. So more or less, just write without a thought. I'm going to, I full-heartedly agree with Ari, write without a thought. The first draft is you telling yourself the story. So write everything you want, everything you need to know. Then during the editing process, pick and choose what's important. 
What's good information for only you to know, and that should stay hidden within a character's profile, for example. What are some fun facts you can take out and share later as a bonus for your readers? Because readers do like that. It's an added incentive. Well, not really incentive. Well, it could be an incentive if you decide to do it for your email list or something. Or it could just be fun to throw random things into a companion novel when all is said and done. But also you got to ask yourself what information would be great to keep a secret until the sequel or the third book or so on and so forth. I think the problem with info dumping is that we always have too many ideas and it's easy for writers to just plan, plan, plan. And then you feel like you got to smush it all together in the same book, but that's not the case. So for the first draft, just write, get it all down, tell yourself the story. And then during editing, then you really need to decide what's important and what's not. I agree, especially with the incentive. I am big on like bonus scenes and little snippets and they don't always have to be on the newsletter. They could be at the back of the book, you know, or as a little section, like a, a members only section on a website. So yeah, if you, if you really like certain things that you've had to cut out, always keep them because you'll be surprised how many things readers like to see. So yeah, oh my gosh, I do love things like that. What else did you say? You said something else that just sort of like tickled in the back of my head and I've already forgotten it. <laughs> <laughs> you perked up when I mentioned about choosing what information should stay hidden in the character profile. Yes. Yeah. There's this weird thing where we feel like we have to share everything. And yet there's this, this sense that if you have character profiles, if you have a world book or a series Bible, whatever you want to call it, the reader doesn't need to know all. You know, you could have a, a huge family tree for one or two of your characters that has like all these intricate details. And maybe that happens throughout the whole series. But I guarantee you don't need to share that immediately unless it really is important. But we sometimes feel that, well, we've spent all this time writing this stuff, all these profiles and series Bibles. We might as well share it. And it's like, you can, you can, you can release your series Bible at the end of a series. You could do that. You don't have to jam all that information that you wrote for yourself into the book to justify that you had to spend all that time learning about it. Yeah. Definitely keep some things for your profiles and your series Bible. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. My next point is learn your temptations. Now, that sounds weird, but bear with me. We all have very specific places that we tend to info dump. Now, most of the time it's similar. So for characters, we have a habit of obsessively info dumping. When we introduce a character to a reader, or if that character has not popped up for a while, we sort of remember, remember what they look like. Here's all the information. You know, we feel we have to paint this really intense detail. For places, it's often at the start of chapters. It's almost like you feel, like, oh, we have to set the scene. No, you don't. You can start with dialogue. You can start with an action scene. You don't have to paint the landscape for everybody. It could also be when you enter a certain building and even though your characters are just in the foyer and they haven't gone anywhere, you could be waxing lyrical about upper libraries and spiralling staircases and vast galleries, none of which your characters can see. So that's really unhelpful. So keep an eye on where you might be putting your info dumps. And things to think about are info dumps often, not always, often happen around character descriptions and traits, hierarchies, world building things especially something very new that you've brought in or something a bit unusual like say you have really weird transport in your world you might go a little obsessive with the info dump about it complicated systems such as governmental structures or magical systems 
Technology is a very big one for info dumping, especially in things like sci-fi or steampunk. And there's probably more, but those are the ones that really stick out. Rachel, do you know of any more that are really main areas where people info dump? I don't think so. I think it can be like easy to info dump just general areas. But I mean, that's kind of a gray area. You could definitely have that be a different podcast episode being like how much description is too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, if you're not sure where to look for your info dumps, keep an eye on those ones, things like histories. But yeah, Rachel's right, in general. I mean, you have to keep an eye out for all of them. (laughs) And I guarantee there'll be times when you skim over them because it's like errors. It's like spelling errors and grammar. Sometimes you've read the scene so many times, you don't even realize that it's an info dump. But yeah, so if you learn that you always info dump at the beginning of a chapter, then make a note of that to really crack down on it. And you'll find that as the more you write, the more you'll realize where your personal foibles come up. I mean, that's definitely part of the editing process is that when, I mean, you should have a note everywhere to make sure that you're not info dumping, that you're giving your readers just the right amount of information. So to figure that out, you got to ask yourself, does it matter? Do the readers need to know this? If the information doesn't advance the plot or set the scene somehow that's important or develop the characters, then chances are it's not really needed or it might not be needed at this time. I mean, like I said earlier, you could, there might be some information that you know right now, but it may not need to be revealed until like the sequel or something. And one of the best ways to do this is to just keep notes and know your story inside and out which can be hard to do, but the more you write and the more drafts you whip up, I mean, it'll come to you at some point. And I think character profiles are a great example. We kind of already touched upon this, but you as the author know your character inside and out because you filled in a worksheet about their physical traits, emotional trauma, and you dug deep into their personality, their background and childhood and so much more. We've all been there. We've all done that. But if they go on a long journey in your book to ultimately slay a dragon, do you really need to know what degree they graduated school with? No. Unless, of course, they went to school specifically for dragon slaying training, then that would be pretty dope, I gotta say. But it's kind of like, we we already talked about this in a previous podcast episode about whether or not you should include your character's religion in their character profiles. And during that episode, we kind of explained that you can know their religion, you can add it to their character profile, but you don't need to talk about it in the actual book. It just gives you a little more insight of their personality and what helps them tick. But the readers, they don't need to know what makes them tick. They can infer that for themselves based on everything else that happens in the story. I actually really like the concept of going to a dragon slaying training school, because especially if the the person going to slay the dragon failed. (laughs) It's like bottom of the class kind of thing. That would be amazing, actually, but the poor dragons. (laughs) But, I mean, we've seen that with with character profiles. You know, you'll find them everywhere. We've we've probably got three ones somewhere. You'll get somewhere, it's like two, three pages, and then there's somewhere, it's like 20 pages per character, and it's like everything. What is their shoe size? What is their inseam? You know, what was the colour of their dog when they were a baby? And it's like the dog that died ages ago and never gets mentioned. Why do we need this? And I think sometimes... You could go a bit too deep. It's like, if you've got multiple pages that hit double digits for your character profiles, I'm going to say, personal opinion, it's too much. It's too much. You don't even know your friends that well. Leave something to the imagination. You know? It's fun, though. 
Maybe just it is, saying. I just I, I don't think I can get past three pages, and even then, it's usually because there's like a family tree at the end. But three, four pages max, I couldn't go yeah. into double digits, and it gets excessive is, after a little while. They have their latte. It's like, okay, you, you, how often do they drink it? Oh, they're in a magical world that doesn't do lattes. Then stop telling us how they have their latte. Jesus, anyway. they prefer coffee over <laughs> tea, and if you suggest giving them tea, they will get highly offended. Rude. <laughs> We're not going to go into the tea coffee debate again, Rachel. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're going to move on to the next point. I feel really messy with this, so I'm not even sure how I've segued, but segue. My advice is don't just delete your info dumps. Scale them down. Because the last thing you want to do is write a good chunky info dump and then go, oh, it's an info dump, and then tear a lot of it out. Take that chunky block of information, put it on another document and start working out what you want to show people about that. So say you are describing a palace or... Yeah, we're going to sit with palace. Say you're describing a palace and you want to go into some details. So you just try, you try to describe a palace. Rather than just dumping all this information on your readers, you can highlight bits and say, right, I want to make it noteworthy that there are expensive tapestries from such and such a land. Or I want to explain that there's this huge hall that's like rippling with gold and, and like vaulted ceilings and polished floors. But you can do that in other ways. You can have the tapestries and the artwork seen through the eyes of a visiting guest as they're walking through the hallways to get to the reception room or the audience room. You can describe the vast halls through the loneliness of the widowed monarch. Maybe they never had children. Maybe their family has been decimated. So now you've got this huge hall that was for banquets and everything. And they don't use it anymore. There are ways you can do it rather than just saying, oh, the palace had huge halls and giant spires and large libraries and, and bristling with, you know, wonderful vases. I don't know what palaces are. Things like <laughs> I should because I write about palaces in some of my books. So, yeah, so you can take pieces and you can thread them through the story with your characters, through their eyes. You can have some lowly commoner coming to see the monarch on, you know, whatever day um, they have an audience with the common folk and that person feeling embarrassed that they've got muddy shoes on this rich red carpet. They could accidentally brush against something that's got a very expensive vase on and the panic of, oh my God, that's probably more expensive than my village, rather than just saying, oh, the, you know, the vases are so expensive and they came from this faraway land. There are ways to do it that feed through the story. So rather than just slicing through all the info dumps, cutting it down to the bare minimum, take the pieces and feed them through the story. There's a reason you did the info dump. There's pieces in there you really wanted to tell, you wanted to paint the picture, but you can do it better in other ways. Yeah, I'm going to stop there. <laughs> I'm just going to lead on into quickly into my next point, which is keep your dialogue on a leash. You can have characters end up giving long monologues or these lengthy speeches. And that's another place where info dumps can hide. So if you realize you've got dialogue from one character that's going over several paragraphs, might be time to check that and thin it. Throw something else in, break something up. Does it all really need to be put in this giant monologue? You know, where they just like, uh, you know, as you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, the CSI method where they tell each other something they already know because they're telling the reader. It's that, it's that heavy info dump that you could have definitely filtered through the story. So yeah, dialogue's another sneaky one. It's We're, we're so quick to look at prose, we often miss it that it is, it's in dialogue as well. So that's just another little extra piece I remembered. 
I just want to interject for a moment and say that one of the ways that you can tell if you're info dumping or not is visually. If you look at your manuscript on the computer or even if you have it printed out and you have a paragraph that's a page and a half long, it's probably info dumping. And I say this as a true example. I can't remember the book or the author, but I did read a book once where there was a paragraph, a single paragraph, and it was over a page long. I just skimmed it because I was like, even though I'm reading it, I don't have time for this. So yeah, I just wanted to like have that little tidbit in there that you very well can visually see when you're basically typing too much. That's all. That sounds painful. It's like, a, it's a wall of text. It's and it wasn't even dialogue. It's oh, not God. like a character was explaining something or there was a villain monologue or something like that. It was just description. And I was like, ah, uh, no, thanks. Yeah, I think you get this. You get writers who hate description and are very thin on the ground with it. So usually people are like, could you could you describe a few things? And then you get the other ones that love description. So like go a little bit like, you know wild with it you know with reckless abandon it's like everywhere you're like that is great and it's a really good description but i am bored reading it so please stop there are times when info dumps can work i know i know bear with me in comedy if you are writing a funny book especially if it's like first person you can actually make info dumps work I might be getting this wrong. It was ages ago when I read it, but I am sure there was some like info dumping in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by, I want to say, Douglas Adams. And you can get away with that in humour because it can be done funny. The same can be said if you're doing third-person POV omniscient. That is where you are, the floating narrator. You can see everything and you're not in one person's specific head. And if you want a really good example of this, which I'm currently reading again, I've read this book so many times, it's Terry Pratchett's Discworld book, and it's Witches Abroad. I'm sure his other ones are very similar. It's the book that I keep forgetting has no chapters. It's one long book with no chapters. And I forget every time I read it, and I'm always waiting, thinking, well, when I get to the chapter, I'll stop. And then I just get through most of the book. But he does that where there's these chunky pieces of description and and like he puts a lot of footnotes in and then explains something from the book in this really chunky footnote that sometimes can be half the page. But again, it's comedy. Also, it's third person omniscient and it works. If you're writing other things, it doesn't often work as well. We're not saying everything doesn't work. You might be the best person at info dumping and you might be someone who, who who does it so brilliantly that everybody loves it and reads it all. We're just going to put that as a caveat. But personally, we're not the biggest fans and it can slow down your story. Your readers might likely just skim it so you've kind of wasted your time. And there might be some really good gems in there that you would have been better if you'd have filtered through, either through action, dialogue, or just descriptive prose in small pieces couple of sentences, not chunky paragraphs. Just a thought. And I guarantee there's someone who's probably going to tell me that such a book by such a famous author actually does that and it works well. Yeah, it probably does. There's probably people out there who write really chunky info dumps and it works for them. Great. But it's guaranteed it doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> okay, with that, let's turn it over to you guys. Is info dumping sometimes an issue for you and how do you avoid it? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat about it. Remember, we do release new episodes every Wednesday. Next week, we're discussing types of novel endings. To ensure you don't miss it, hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Mary Raj podcast, and we'll see you next week. 
This podcast is brought to you by Stuffed Bookshelves. Our TBR pals are huge. The music, titled Inspired, is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.